hear the gospel of our Savior Christ. According to St. Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 13. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything is thrown out and trampled on the fruit. You are the light of the world. A city built on the hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket. But a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. that sometimes we've not listened. You have not and we have not opened our hearts. You have announced your word but our ears have not been open to hear. And yet there are times when you've managed to reach us by the help of your Holy Spirit. So come. Speak to us. Through what we hear and our reflections upon what we hear, through what we say, through what we listen to. And may your name be glorified, and your kingdom come in and through us, for your glory and to your honor. Amen. Amen. Amen.
I suppose what I want to share with you tonight is to do with identity. Who are you? Who am I? I have been asked many, many times without number to introduce myself at meetings and in personal conversations with people. Who are you is often the sort of question I'm asked. Well, I invariably start with giving my name, Sir Yambasu. That name itself, if you came from my society and you belong to my ethnic group, has huge history and culture and meaning. It is full content that is relevant to me, to my people, to my culture, to where I come from. That's identity. So by just me telling you my name is Sarah says really nothing to you. Okay. You need to go beyond that. So when I say I'm Sarah so I may then go on to say where I'm from, my religious faith, what I do for a living, who I'm married to, and often I'll end with the words, I am a property of the Methodist Church. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who know and understand the Methodist system of station, you understand exactly what I mean by that. You go where you're sent and you don't argue. I suppose all of us here this evening have been asked more than once to introduce ourselves. Thinking about this reality, it struck me while preparing for this service that I have really never introduced myself with the words, I am the salt of the earth. Oh, I am the light of the world. That would most definitely get some eyes rolling. And yet I found that interesting, not least because that's how Jesus identifies me. That's how Jesus sees me. That is who he sees I am. He tells me I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. Wow. And everything Jesus knows about me, my weaknesses, he still says, I am the light of the world. I'm the salt of the earth. It's not saying you will become the light of the world or the salt of the earth. He says, right here and now, you are. So that's what Jesus thinks and says about me, about all of us here today. It's right there into this. So whatever you think about what Jesus is saying, firstly, I want you not to do this. Don't think this is about somebody else other than you. It's about you. Jesus says you're the salt of the earth. 
You're the light of the world. You see, Jesus isn't talking to that particular individual. He is talking to the crowds that have followed him. And they are from Galilee, we are told. The ten cities known as the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. That means they come from everywhere. Like we all here come from everywhere. So, they've come. Why? To see this one they've heard about, Jesus. They've come to listen to him and to learn from him. They've come to be healed by him and to have their lives back together. In other words, they hope. That's what they've come. They've come in search of meaning, in other words. Inside of direction and purpose for their lives and in their lives. That's why they come. So I want to suggest that you and I come among that crowd. We are one of them. We'll come here this evening to see with our hearts and minds and spirits this one we've heard about called Jesus. We'll come to listen and to learn from him, to be healed, to have our lives put back together. Now, I don't know about you, but often I walk around and I'm so conscious of the fact that I'm a broken person. Often when in my pastoral work, in my work of ministry, when I'm faced with certain kinds of decisions, I find out how much I need Jesus. Every time when I have preached and there is a quarrel in the church about the text and how I preached it and the church is about to break down, I know I have to depend on Jesus to restore that church and to restore the lives that have ministered. So we've come. I hope in search of meaning, of direction, of purpose, and not to question and challenge Jesus' credibility like the religious leaders of the Galilee and Judea of the time. Jesus' words are as true and they are as applicable today as they were 2,000 years and more ago. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So Jesus is addressing you. He's addressing me, not somebody else. So that's the first thing. Don't think about somebody else when you hear those words of Jesus. Second thing, Jesus doesn't stop there. Did he? No. There are profound implications to being named salt and light. It means that we are to flavor the world. We are to season and transform human activity in such a way that it reveals God in this world. We are to help people better see God's life in their own lives. We are to enlighten the dark places of the world. You and I, I have a world of flavors and illuminates life in the world. When I notice that it's very scary, it really is scary. And it's not funny at all. Because it makes demands on my life to be and to do the things that I don't find comfortable. That's not easy. 
Last week, the 2nd of February was the feast of the presentation of Christ. On that day, Christ's gospel showed us to be God receivers. And this week, Christ's gospel shows and calls us to be God sharers. I don't know what that means to you or for you. But I know what it means for me and to me. And I suppose each of us have to find our own ways by which we become God sharers, where we find ourselves, perhaps in the classroom or family, maybe in the home, the place of work, in the streets, in our world. But we need to ask the question, don't we? How am I to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth? Every time we encounter people, you see, there is something about life that we have no choice about because every time we are in the presence of another, we are impacting on their lives. So that's the question. What is the question? It is how am I impacting on their lives? Remind me of Jesus' call to me. And he's identifying me as the salt of the earth, the light of the world. If we had time, and if this was a Methodist service, <laughs> I would have gone into maybe giving illustrations as to how that really works out. But I don't have time to unpack that. And you're all mature people. You're all experienced Christians. I'm sure you can work that out for yourselves. That you find yourself in the situations in which you live. For me, it's so key to my job, to my work as a minister. I was sharing with some of you this afternoon that I think my calling is to be a pastor. Often said to people, you know, you can be a brilliant preacher, you can be a brilliant theologian as a minister in the church, you can be a brilliant interpreter of the word of God. But the best thing to be is to be a brilliant pastor because you could be forgiven for so many things. You could preach a most horrible song. You can even misinterpret the Bible. If you are with your people where they are in pain and hurting and suffering and struggling every moment and praying with them and standing alongside them and supporting them, you will be forgiven for those things. Easily. I tell you my experience in ministry. You are the salt of the earth. Sometimes for me to be that, I actually have to make sure that I am present with people and forget about being effective and productive. Because being present with and for people sometimes is a lot. I suggest that that is what God was asking the prophet Isaiah. 
pretty clear to these people. My Lord said to Isaiah, I quote, shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion. Their rebellion was simple. He did all the nice things and brought them correctly, kept the rules fine. But he never changed them. They fasted, the religious thing. They dotted all the eyes of their theology and their tradition and their doctrine. They changed nothing. They did it for themselves because they loved it. Sometimes I wonder if that is not my rebellion as well. I want to get it all right, all right. The way the Methodist Church wants me to do it. But if anybody knows me, he knows or she knows that I don't do all the things that the Methodist Church wants me to do. <laughs> I do what I'm comfortable with. If you like, I'm a little rebel. <laughs> but I don't regret it. So the question the one that I should be asking ourselves is, do my actions align with and reflect what I claim I believe about God? Does what I do contradict what I say I am? Am I doing the religious thing? I'm doing for the benefit of others. So the prophet Isaiah speaks of untying the bonds of injustice and letting the rest to go free. So maybe that's what it means. To the salt of the earth, to the light of the world. Finally, when I say that in my church, everybody goes, ah, thank God we bring home now. <laughs> Finally, <clears throat> being salt and light is about faithfulness and commitment to others. By listening, <clears throat> being available, and spending time with them. I mean slowing down. Sometimes we are really our schedule. Finding presence, as I said earlier on. A friend of mine once reminded me that the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is sometimes bad news before it becomes good news. And I asked him, what do you mean by that? And he said, the gospel, the good news, asks us to face up to ourselves before we face down others. It asks us to take the log out of our eyes before we can see clearly to take the speck out of another's eye. It asks us to get rid of our own ills and weaknesses first. It asks us always to go the extra mile, to turn the other cheek. Difficult stuff. Facing up to ourselves, it's not easy, is it? So, let's dissolve. Of the earth, light of the world. That's our calling. It's not just about doing the good things, it's about being the good things. Maybe that's what Archbishop Helder Camara of Brazil was getting at when he said, and I quote, 
When I give food to the poor, they call me a saint. When I ask why they are poor, they call me a communist. So I hear these words. I hear the words of Isaiah as well. I hear the words of Jesus. They are telling me not only to ask myself how I am responding to the needs of the world around me, but also to ask why those conditions exist in the first place. And in what ways my lifestyle and decisions and opinions and actions are enabling and perpetuating those conditions in the life of others. So I want to leave you with this question. Where is the salt and light in your life? What do they look like? How do they show up? Do they always look like the life of Jesus Christ? Or have they lost their effectiveness? I suppose it's a question you and I have to answer. And I pray and trust that we will not only ask it, but we will answer it as a Savior Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.